Chapter 23 To my beloved daughter Tsakhofat Happy 14th birthday According to my calculations you should be in high school this year How are you finding it? Do you have friends? Are you coping? Is the school safe from bullying? We don't get to hear all the latest news in prison but we hear from the prison staff that schools aren't the same anymore I'm sure your grandparents chose the safest school that they could find. Nothing but the best for you, I hope. To give you an update about me and my freedom, it looks like there's no court that can take my case forward. It looks like my past lawyers didn't do a good enough job, I guess. That's a lesson about the decisions we make. Momentary pleasure must not come at the cost of your future successes. If only I could turn back the hands of time. Anyway, I continue to pray that I can see you one day. If you are reading this, please ask your grandparents or whoever you live with to allow you to see me. The address is on the back of the envelope. I miss you, my beloved. I can never forget you. Lots of love, your beloved dad. Tsakhofat overheard her grandparents discussing her father after their visit. She can't make out everything that they're saying, but she can hear how upset they sound. It makes her feel anxious about telling them of her decision to testify at her father's parole hearing. She decides to give them a couple of days to cool off. A few days pass and Tsakhofat cannot find the courage to discuss her father to her grandparents. It feels like a dark cloud hangs over the household. Neither party wants to discuss the elephant in the room. The conversations that are had over supper are always about school, work, and whatever's trending on the radio. A week passes and Sekhofat is too scared to check with her grandparents if she can go visit her father. There's no call from Pearl or Liko the activist to coordinate her next visit. Even her grandparents don't ask if she's going to visit her father again. Tsekhofatsu feels imprisoned by the silence and assumptions about what drives the silence. At school, Sharon has noticed that Tsekhofatsu's mind isn't there. The usual sharpness that she displays in answering questions during physics lessons is replaced with self-doubt and daydreaming. However, Sharon is too scared to bring it up because she also assumes that it's about her father. As the week nears the end, Sharon decides to speak up. Tsakhofat, please don't take this the wrong way, ne? Maria, not the same anymore. You feel distant, comments Sharon. Is it showing? I thought I had it under control, replies Tsakhofat. What exactly are you trying to keep under control? And why aren't you sharing this with me? asks Sharon. My dad, what else has engrossed my life in the last nine to ten months? replies Tsakhofat. Did your dad do or say something bad? asks the concerned Sharon. No, not really. My dad's lawyer, Pearl, asked me if I would want to testify on my dad's behalf that he gets parole, explains Sokofatsu. Oh, as his uh, character witness? asks Sharon. Character witness? What's that, friend? asks Sokofatsu. Joe, aren't you planning to become a lawyer? A character witness is someone who speaks about your personality and who you are, sort of to convince people that you are good. 
I saw this on TV. Comments Sharon. Oh, no, no, I'm a speaker's victim. His victim. Tsahofata realizes that she never told her friend about the kidnapping and craziness that her father shared, so she updated her. Sharon's eyes lit up in hearing how everything had happened. Friend, this is a whole lot of a lot. I understand why you're not okay, comments a shocked Sharon. But that's not the actual problem, friend. There's more, replies an even more shocked Sharon. My grandparents went to see my father and since they came back, there's a mood that scares me. I'm scared of telling them that I will testify, but I want their blessing. I want them to be able to support my relationship with him. What do I do, friend? Yo, I don't know. You know how I feel about secrets and families. I think ask them. But maybe first soften them up with food. A person can't be upset quickly if you're full, suggests Sharon. That trick does work for small Anyana decisions, but hey, I'm scared. But I must just be brave, replies Tsukhofatsu. Tsukhofatsu still felt scared to try Sharon's suggestion. She decided to wait until Sunday and hope that a combination of church and good Sunday lunch would soften her grandparents. So Sunday morning, Tsukhofatsu woke up earlier than her grandmother. She started preparing Sunday lunch. When her grandmother found her in the kitchen, she told her that she would be cooking Sunday lunch so she should relax in bed. Her grandmother was grateful for the break from cooking and left Tsukhofatsu to continue cooking. After the church service, Tsukhofatsu prepared the table and presented the food. Everyone ate lunch and complimented how good it was. Tsukhofatsu realizes that this was the best time to bring up the question. Um, I have an announcement to make, says Tsukhofatsu. Oh, okay, we are all ears, dear, replies Nkhunutsid. As you know, I've been meeting and getting to know my father. And I recently heard that he could get parole but would need me to testify. I said yes to this option because I want to have my father in my life. And I want to get your blessing as the grandparents who raised me and made me who I am. Making this announcement added more fear into Tsukhofato's mind. It got worse when her grandmother got upset, stood up and left the room. And that deputy did not stop her. Do you see what you have done? You upset your grandmother, says an upset Ntate Pir. But I need this Ntate Mukhul. I think it's time we tell you the truth. Your father has provoked us enough, says Ntate Piri. What truth? asked Tsukhofat. Did you ask your father why we did not get along with him? Yes, he told me that you were upset that my mom fell pregnant out of wedlock. That's why we call him a charlatan. He doesn't tell the truth. Your so-called father did not want you. That deputy makes a shocking statement. No, 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 it's not possible, protests Tsukhofat. He paid your mother to get an abortion. He put her at risk because he took her to some illegal background woman. Luckily, we found her and stopped her. That experience scarred your mother. She was never the same. Your mother loved life and loved God, but her willingness to have an abortion showed how evil your father was. We wanted to protect you from him, 
We did all we could. That is why he's in prison and he should never be allowed out of it. Tsarofatsu feels like her soul was ripped out of her chest. She is distraught and her grandfather tries to console her but it doesn't make her feel better. The parole court hearing is a day away. Mulatleri has his final group session. Everyone notices that he is not okay. He isn't engaging in the conversation, hardly listening to anyone in the group. When he's asked questions, he responds with, I don't know. Tulani ends up forcing Mulatleri to express himself instead of feeling sorry for himself. Look, guys, hope is a scam. I really believe that things would work out for me. But here I am, a day before my parole hearing and I have no lawyer and I've made my enemies angry. I may never see my daughter again, all because I dared to hope. Explains Mulatler. Some of the group members try to encourage him. They ask him to give context to why he made his enemies angry. He explains that his enemies are Tsekhofatu's grandparents and tells them how their last meeting went down. What is the secret you speak of? You know what secrets tend to do to us. They can be corrosive and cause more harm than good, comments Tulani. That's the thing. Their secret would make her grandparents look bad. But at this rate, their actions are preventing me from having a relationship with my daughter. I don't want to be the bad person, and they know it. They know I wouldn't ever tell my granddaughter the truth about her grandparents. The group debates what Mulatleri should do. They try to convince him to share the secret with them so they can advise him correctly. Tulani tells Mulatleri that what is said in the group stays in the group. Okay, okay. When we told Gawentli's parents that she was pregnant, they were not happy. They were very angry. They spoke about the amount of shame that this brought to their family. But we expected that. What we didn't expect is them calling an old midwife from their church. Her mother, father, and the midwife trapped Gawentli in her room. They were going to force her to have an abortion. The neighbors could hear Khawentle screaming. People thought there was a housebreaking, so neighbors came to the house and forced their way into it, ready to fight whichever thief they found. I told Khawentle that she must press charges on her parents and the midwife, but she didn't. She decided to forgive them because her pregnancy is what provoked them. Khawe Entle was always too caring for our own good sometimes. Mulatleri's story was interrupted by Wada Malileke coming to inform him that he had visitors. He protested that he wasn't expecting anyone, but Malileke said that she was just following orders. She escorts him to the visiting room and finds Sekhofata and her grandparents. Dumela greets Mulatleri. No one responds to his greeting. They all look serious. Tsarofat, says Mulatlech, you don't get to call me that. I told you when this started that I wanted the truth from you and that I would somehow fact check your stories. 
I told you that if you ever lied to me, you would never see me again. So I'm here to tell you that you won't see me again. You really made me believe that you're a good person and a person who cares about me. But now I know the truth. I know you were using me. I guess I was naive before. Says Terofato, speaking in a cold, serious tone. I never lied to you, contests Mlachir. I hate you, and I'm glad I will never see you again, says Tsekhofat. Mulatlehi tried to keep a strong front as he sees Tsekhofat and her grandparents leave the room. Inside, though, those words killed him. He did not know what to feel. He stood there, frozen.